Stargazers, welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I am one of your hosts, Angel. And I'm your other host, Brandon. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. No, because who the hell has all the answers? Certainly not me. And yet, in another way... It all makes sense all the time, right? Uh, actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> Still some things I'm trying to make sense of, but I guess in the long run, in the long game, maybe. Yeah, I think that the human intellect is trying to make sense of things that are so much further beyond us and bigger than us, but that there is there is like a greater coalesced field of connection and if we could just pull back or even like zoom in you know to a molecular level we might all understand that even though things seem crazy and like they're coming out of left field there is like a a beauty and elegance there is a method to the madness just like when you look out into nature, you know, there's like so many crazy things that happen in nature. Right. But there's like a greater unifying force, you know, like there's a reason for all of it. Yeah, it all finds its purpose. Yeah. And then instead of like trying to reckon with things and force them to make sense, if we can just like accept them, the comprehension comes from that. Because we're like trying to fit things into our like small human life experience boxes, right? So we're trying to make sense of something with our limited information when really it's like, well, it will only make sense when you have a more expansive concept. Well, we're also trying to do it with a ton of different perspectives. So I think that's the great challenge we have that isn't present in nature is that you have human, good old human consciousness. Right. The tree isn't trying to like make sense of its like molting leaves. Yeah. And isn't like yelling, you know, the oak's not yelling at the elm. Like, hey, you're doing that wrong. Totally. Like, this is the way you're supposed to grow a branch. Totally. You know? Yeah, for so, sure. So I think that's the great challenge of like being humans in society and trying to sort of stand back and see the great grand picture is that we don't all have the same big picture that we're trying to paint. Yeah, and we're all trying to enforce our way on other people as opposed to understanding that like all roads lead to Rome. But in any event, we've already gotten derailed. Yeah, we stretched that opening out real long. <laughs> Should we introduce ourselves? Yes. I'm Angel Lopez. I am a writer and a film producer and an astrologer. Hey, girl. Hey. And who are you? Good time to be an astrologer. It is. Good time to know what the fuck is going on. I mean, there's so much. I know. But like, at least nice to have a wherewithal with the language. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm Brandon Alter. I am a healer and a tarot reader and uh, a writer, and a mystic, and a seeker, and I don't really know who or what I am. 
Um, but those are some of the some of the labels that I've gotten really accustomed to using. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep feeding them out into the world. I know. I should just start adding some random ones to mine. Just playing with labels. Totally. Uh, we forgot the all-important Queeler. Oh, Queeler. Which we did pull you all on. That is true. So Q-U-E-A-L-E-R definitely had like 75% of the vote. Yep. Um, but people were very uh, engaged. Oh, for sure. And those, you know, that thought it should be spelled Q-U-E-E uh, we're very adamant about that as well. And frankly, Angel and I, we're kind of, we're unable to really lean one way or the other. <laughs> I know. We kept going back and forth. Well, if you think about it, it's like if it's EE, then it's almost like you're putting the underline, you know, under queer, mm-hmm. you know, but if it's EA, then you're underlining healer. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of kept going back and forth. And obviously you don't have to look at it that way. It's not dividing the two. Um, and maybe the QU is such a strong such a strong opening it really like gives you the queer all right there and then the healer part is really what you need more emphasis hard to say you know because queeler spelled q-u-e-a basically looks like squealer without the s oh, right you did say that and then i went like really far off the deep end and i was like k-w-e-e-l-e-r but that feels oh, like yeah. well then you were taking out all the vowels and yeah then i was just like q-r-l-r yeah quirler <laughs> and that's really just like if we were like an electro pop band. Indie pop band. Yeah, yeah. we would be QRLR. Yeah. Actually, that's a great idea for us. <laughs> Maybe that's our next iteration. Yeah. An electro band. We're announcing the dissolution of, of the, the Spiritual, spiritual Gaze podcast. Because we formation. are moving on. Yeah. We'll send you a link to our Spotify page. But uh, just yeah, kidding. stay tuned as we continue to solidify how we will be spelling Queeler in the future. Yeah, because it's just going to eventually show up on a shirt. And a tote bag. Mm-hmm. A coffee mug. Yes. Maybe a All tattoo. Other capitalistic needs. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't tattoo that on my body because it's already tattooed on my heart. Oh, that's sweet. Um, and we are also husbands. We're quasbins. Quasbins. Okay. <laughs> now stop. it's gone too far. Uh, Although that is kind of cute. I could see that like embroidered on a pillow. Quasbins. Quasbins. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so maybe we should just do a little bit of a check-in. Yeah. Love. Yeah. How are you doing? Oh, I have to go first? <laughs> How is anyone? Oh my fucking God. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. I mean... I know the hardest question to have to respond to on like a phone call or especially a business type call. You're Mm -hmm. like, do you really want to know? Yeah. Like, are you really asking how I am? Or are we just trying to get through this part of the conversation? Yeah. Seriously. I mean, fuck. I don't even know how I am. (laughs) I'm on the Corona coaster, right? Like it is so wild. Um, I... Oh, man. I mean, I'm fine. I think I did myself a disservice and kind of let a lot of my daily practices just like fall by Mm. the wayside this last month. And that has really done me no good. Um, Left me feeling kind of unmoored and just like not doing 
what one of my teachers calls like energy body hygiene, which is just mm-hmm. the sense that like in the same way that you like brush your teeth and, you know, like change your underwear and shower every so often, you kind of need to do the same for your energy, you know, like you got to ground it and clear it and, you know, make sure that you're not wearing, you know, the same energy for the last three months. And, you know, like I just haven't been doing it daily. And it's one of those things. It's like if you meditate every day and you don't really feel the power of it until the day where you don't meditate. And then you're like, oh, wow, that really that actually does something for me. So I'm slowly putting my practices back together. Um, It was actually very helpful to like reorganize my side of the bedroom and get rid of a bunch of books and just like create some new space um, reorganize some things. I always find that like when I rearrange some of my altars or shrines or things, it helps me kind of upgrade whatever it is my like spiritual practice needs or is wanting to be supportive of. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it's like so easy right now because like we're at home and it just feels like this like endless summer vacation slash grounding, you know, like we're just like, we're all grounded. Like we've all been like bad teenagers. Um, And so it's like really easy to just be like, well, like I don't need to do like my daily practices because like I'm just at home, like I'm just like here, but I actually feel like it's more important than ever. And I've noticed that all of those daily practices were kind of keeping me more connected to spirit. And in the past couple of weeks, I've been like so addicted to my phone and just like doom scrolling and just like things that are not often in my character, but I think because we're so disconnected in a way that like I keep reaching out to social media to connect me, but it doesn't really connect me. It just makes me feel like we're all going to die really soon, Um, which isn't helpful because even if we are, there's no point in dwelling on that. And so uh, I am, I feel like I've been like in the depths of the ocean, which makes sense because it's cancer season and I'm slowly resurfacing. I've like washed up on the shore like Madonna in that swept away movie. Oh, gosh. That wasn't pretty. But, I mean, she was alive. (laughs) She made it to shore. Well, her acting career did not. Well, listen. You're doing much better than Madonna's acting career, honey. Thank you. Well, I'm more honest than Madonna's acting career. Wow, okay. more grounded. This is getting real shady real quick. Uh, Yeah, so, you know, I, uh, I have to say, giving readings and performing healings have been tremendously grounding for me actually it's been really helpful to get the focus off of myself and put it on some other people and so i'm just really grateful to everyone that's allowed me to be of service in these last couple weeks because it's actually been like a real um force for healing and grounding and it just like helps remind me of like my purpose and usefulness in the world which is good um you've been doing a lot too yeah for yeah i you know um, have been blessed. Uh, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like people are needing insight and it's so much easier to give insight when you're not having to give it to yourself. Like every reader will tell you it's so much harder to read yourself than to read anybody else. Um, and yeah, I think I'm just like reaching a little bit of fatigue, right? Like it's been five months of this. This is probably like the halfway point. Like we have so much further to go. And the novelty, of course, has worn off if there was any novelty in the first place. And I think I'm getting a deeper understanding of like what is really going to be required of myself to move through this next chunk of time in like a sustainable and growth oriented way, as opposed to just like surviving. Like, I don't want to just get through it. Like, I'd like to get through it and like feel 
healthier and like more grounded and more clear than ever. Um, I think I'm struggling with just overcomplicating things for myself and like working myself a little too hard too, which just leaves me exhausted. Like I'm taking this shadow work class, which has been going on for quite some time now and it's really intense and Sometimes I just like have to step away from it. But when I step away from it, I start to feel like really guilty, like I'm not doing the work that I signed up for. And then I have to remember that like it's all part of the process. And sometimes I think like I'm seeking so much that I'm not actually present for anything. And so I don't know. I'm just uh, I'm in a little bit of a swirl. And uh, I think we all are. But I do know that a return to some of those simple daily practices will keep me more connected to hope and optimism, which is, I think, what we really need at this time, as opposed to just, like, being connected to doom. Because it's all there. It's just, like, what what are you tuning your antenna? Like, which frequency are you tuning into, you know? And it's easier to tune into doom right now because much more people are doing it. Like there's like a collective force of doom, but there's a fair amount of people that are also turning and tuning into the the optimism. So I want to be on that side of things, but it's work, yo. It doesn't just happen. You don't just like wake up with fairy wings and a unicorn horn and everything's great. Like it's a daily practice, y'all. I don't know. I feel like I've just like rambled. I like have no idea who I am or like what's going on in my head or my heart right now. It's very... It's rough. It's hard. Well, thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. You're welcome. I mean, it's good to just like speak all that out, right? In front of all these witnesses. Oh, man, I guess. Sure. Be present to that Mm -hmm. inner truth for yourself. Yeah, well, I'm sure I'm not. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's who's going through it. Yeah. Although I will say, you know, I post these weekly cosmic tarot forecasts. Mm-hmm. And this past week, I think just like the peak of cancer energy and it was rough for everyone I talked to was kind of struggling. And yeah, and in the video, I was talking a little bit about that. And somebody posted, they were like, I don't know what's going on, but I just had the best week of my whole life this week. And I just wanted to be like, well, fuck you. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, how dare you have such a good week while the rest of us are up to our fucking eyeballs and struggle. But no, I mean, obviously, like, I'm thrilled that there are other people who are thriving at this time and having good experiences. Um, I'm just not one of them. Oh, yeah, but you're not doing terribly. Objectively, no, but it does feel that way sometimes. Like, I definitely feel like, you know, we're in that stage of the metamorphosis where, like, the caterpillar has just become, like, goo. I feel like goo, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm feeling. I just have to keep surrendering to the process and not resisting it and not like delaying it. I think, you know? Yeah. Not judging it. No, I'm not judging it. Am I judging it? I'm probably judging it. (laughs) I judge everything. Well, I just think, and I've been, you know, something I've been thinking a lot about too, is just like, just even like mentality around like spiritual practice and spiritual work. It's like, there's a lot of discussion around like, manifestation and growth and like we just need to surrender to manifest and all this stuff but even that like we're implanting these seeds of like accomplishment and outcome totally right yeah so 
we were like here lying on the ground like i surrender spirit god you know whichever we speak to and you know just just wash over me let it all come and then it's like okay any second now i'm ready like i'm here and then if it doesn't manifest then it's like we can't help but to like blame ourselves like well, I must not be surrendering in the right way or I must not be surrendering surrendering everything or what am I doing wrong in this process? Even if we're not like m mentally saying those words, I think sometimes just given like who we are as humans and that we've been built upon some sort of like accomplishment structure that even when we're trying to attain spiritual peace we still want to like be good at it totally so sometimes i think some judgment can maybe some secret sly judgment can come up oh for sure and i'm aware of that like i'm well aware that spirituality is actually like the antidote to like ambition right like it's about like you're you are in god now like you don't have to do anything you don't have to achieve anything like it's all just right now in this moment. If you can just lean into that. Um, but even like earlier today, I was meditating outside and it's Sunday and there are no gardeners and it's, you know, like another lockdown in Los Angeles. So there's very few cars on the street. And there were just a couple of like full minutes of just like true silence, like just like a, like an odd bird chirping. But it took me, like a couple of minutes to even have the cognitive thought like, oh, it's so quiet right now, you know? And then I got really attached to the quiet. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, let me just wrap myself in this quiet, like a velvet cape. And then all of a sudden, like a car came by. And then like, I heard people talking on the street. And then I was like, fuck, like the quiet's gone. And then I was like, okay, <laughs> like you're really, and it was a great, it was a great meditation because it was really showing me just like how, attached to certain things like that was the quiet moment and then there was like not a quiet moment and then you know what the quiet moment came back again right. but it's like just going with the the flow of things as opposed to like getting so attached to how it's always going to look how it's always going to be mm -hmm. and that is the thing i will say about like daily practices which is that they do evolve and they do grow and it can't be the same thing every day for the rest of your life because that's not going to nourish you no completely but it is always hard like when you have to reinvent, have to reinvent. I feel like I'm reinventing myself right now. Uh, I'm sorry. I really monopolized that check-in. I think I feel Leo season coming. <laughs> um, how are you? What's going on with you? Oh, you are an Aquarius, so you have shades of the Leo. I read something recently that said uh, those that have stelliums in a particular sign really express the opposite energy more in a way. And I don't, you know, there's a lot of different ways to read uh, astrology charts. There's whole sign astrology, and then there's Placidus, which is what we use. So I, I'm not technically an Aquarius stellium in that way, but I do have three planets in Aquarius, Jupiter, Sun, and Mercury, even though my Sun and Mercury are in the 12th house. And so I was like, oh, maybe that's why I can like lean into that Leo polarity sometimes. Um, 
Again, I'm still talking about myself. How are you? <laughs> well, we're run out of time. Oh, thanks for so, being here, everybody. Thank you all for <laughs> next week on Brandon's personal therapy session. You know what? I've also stopped seeing my therapist. Oh, but we're well. starting back up in August. I took I took a two month break because I needed it, honestly. But I I think we're starting back up again. I don't think we're starting back up again. We've scheduled to start back up again in August, <laughs> so that's happening. Well, I hope they don't listen. They're gonna be like, "Oh shit, we got a lot." Yeah, hunker down. I don't think he listens to our podcast. <laughs> uh, so yes, you were, I believe you were asking. For the third time, I was asking you how you were and then telling you more about myself. Well, I'm great. I <laughs> honestly just had like the best week of my life. Did you really? <laughs> no, I was not that person. <laughs> uh but I have no ill will toward that person. No, I don't have any ill will towards them too. I just, you know, my jealousy was unbecoming and yet it <laughs> ensnared me anyway. It's beautiful. It's, it's not good. beautiful. It's good. You got to have balance. Um, how am I doing is the question. Oh, she's sitting with her hands on her heart. Yeah, I'm doing well. Oh, wow. But I am, you know, I definitely have a lot of emotion swirling about so pretty much on par for, for for the course um but i think in general i'm doing well i i think if anything i'm just feeling very overwhelmed by the amount of things i have on my plate uh but this past week I've been really feeling well really since Mars moved into Aries I was I've been feeling some more energy to get things done and then really yeah this last week uh Saturn you know went back into Capricorn and just started uh nudging all of my first house stuff and my my ascendant and uh so I've been definitely feeling some, um, well, I was going to say motivation, but then the word that was about to come out of my mouth was pressure. <laughs> so I think it's both. I'm feeling motivated, but I'm also feeling some pressure to get some things done um, to really kind of like get some of the things that have been on my plate off of them uh, to just kind of take the time to do it uh, to try and like have more focus and if we're talking about like a sp from like a spiritual perspective like I think I just kind of like lost a little bit of like my connection to flow like I have these like bursts of it where I like just feel in flow. I'm like up on up and waking up that day and I just like kind of like I feel like I drop into the river and just kind of go and do my thing and then wash up on shore at like seven o'clock at night. And I'm like, OK, I'm, I'm good. I can set up camp and get back in tomorrow. And I felt like I like wandered into the forest for a little bit and got a little lost and so this past week, I feel like I sort of found my way back to shore, um, but I'm having trouble. Like it's, it's like a rocky part of the river, so I'm having trouble kind of like really getting some flow. And so for me, I think that also just like comes down to like some trust 
in it. So I've been doing a lot of work just about like just trusting myself, trusting my space in the universe and and honestly trusting in spirit. Like really just trusting that like there is this path for me and my job is to really just try and, you know, be rested, be well, and be mindful so that I can be present to the opportunities as they show up and then like take them, you know, and do something with them. And that's how I've always looked at like, you know, the idea of like fate and free will, right? That they do walk hand in hand, that there is a piece of shore that you are meant to wash up upon but are you going to set up camp and gaze at the stars? Or are you going to go wander into the forest because you heard something? And what's what's your, you know, you know that's the choose your own adventure. Freedom's what you choose to do with what's been done to you. Mm-hmm. So I really do um, want to try and just be in better relationship with that, that choice space. You know, I don't feel like I... I've been in the like clearest of of spots and and you know yeah like similar to you I'm like scrolling things a little too much I'm just kind of getting caught up in like the anxiety of the world and you know I am one who is like you can't ignore the world you have to understand the world you have to be of the world um you know, we have to be participants, especially at this point in time. I really do believe we are one of the most major points in history right now. Um, yeah. So we must choose how we are going to play our role in it and be present for it. Um. But yeah, at the same time, it's like the balance, right? Of also, you can't get so immersed in it to the point where you are just like bruised and battered lying on the road and unable to really be of service in any way. Yeah, well, it's what are you giving your energy to, right? And I just feel like after 10 minutes of any sort of social media, like my energy is literally being like sucked out through my face, you know? Like, you think it's giving you something, but it's actually taking something away. It can be, for sure. I think it's just, like, having, like, a time constraint on it. Yeah. Well, I think having intention around it. Yeah. I just also think, like, we don't entirely know the extent on our nervous system or just on our psyche that, like, social media has. Like, as human beings, I don't know that we're necessarily supposed to be exposed to this much information all the time. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess some people also don't just go on there looking for information. Like some people are just going on social media to watch like funny TikTok videos. I guess so. And be entertained. Yeah, no, that's true. Which, you know, I'm not mad at that. No, I mean, like there's some memes that like make me laugh and I'm like, oh, social media. But most of the time I just like, I don't know. I just feel like I lose myself. I feel like I'm possessed by the spirit of social media, honestly. I see it. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'm like, Brandon, Brandon, 
Brandon. Yeah, and I couldn't even tell you like what Brandon. I'm at. <laughs> Come back. Don't go towards the light. Well, we've instituted phone no phone hours again. They're back. 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. Don't try to call us. Don't text us. We aren't here. I mean, we're actually probably here. We're just <laughs> not by our phones. No. You know what we probably are doing at 8 p.m.? What are we doing at 8 p.m.? We're probably watching some sort of reality television. Uh, we probably are. Uh, so why don't we balance all of this happiness? Because that's heavy, what we do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With a little dose, dose of, of reality. reality. It's medicine. Makes you feel better. Boy, reality television. Yeah, that's why it's a dose of it, you know? Yeah, except sometimes we take a big heaping spoonful. Well, they say the difference between medicine and poison is dosage. So it's about the right amount. Yeah, and sometimes sugar does help that medicine go down. And sometimes it gives you diabetes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So we got to walk that. Got to yeah. walk that balance. We... Certainly walked that balance with a little show called 90 Day Fiance the Other Way. Oh, fuck. Did we dive deep into that? How did we even get there? Honestly, I think I was just like enamored. (laughs) We saw like a little like 30 second trailer for it. Oh, right. Oh, because we realized we had like three episodes of Nate and Jeremiah's show. Uh, Nate Burgess and Jeremiah Bryant, his husband, they had a like a home improvement show that they did that ended like a year ago um we never watched like the last few episodes so So we we dove back in yeah we're we're just to watch those because we adore them yeah we do their goals and uh yeah you saw a commercial for it and you were like we're watching that i know (laughs) i was just so there's one couple she's like a 60 year old white lady from palm springs and he is a 30 year old from india and they are like truly deeply you can feel their love for each other like it really is moving um and yet it is deeply problematic and we fell we fell into that 90 day fiance the other way because apparently there's a lot of 90 day fiance spinoffs there's so many and we're not going down we can't we have some (laughs) self-discipline around that but we did watch the other way and we're in season two and we're caught up to real time now and we're learning a lot, honestly. I will say, here's what I'll say about 90 Day Fiance the other way. Yeah. For people like us who watch a lot of reality TV in quotation marks that is so not real, right? Like all those housewives, below documentary, like all right. that Bravo reality produced. is so yeah. produced and so manufactured that it does feel refreshing to watch something that in a lot of ways feels a lot more actually real. Like you're watching real people's lives. They're making terrible decisions and they're dealing with the consequences of it. And it feels a little bit more like documentary than glossy, you know, privileged people parading their privilege and creating fights out of nothing. Yeah. I mean, don't get us wrong. We are aware that it's a rather xenophobic show. It is a little xenophobic (laughs) for sure. It's like... You know, we're going to put this white lady on a plane and drop her off somewhere in the middle exotic. of in the middle of New Delhi. Yeah, exactly. And but like, I will say the other way feels less xenophobic just cuz like it's not that most of these people are like just trying to marry these Americans for green cards cuz the Americans are going to live in their countries with them. 
Right. Which I think is what makes it a little more interesting. Yeah. But it's not a perfect show by any means. No, but it's fascinating. I mean, we watched it real fast. <laughs> we did. Honestly. So it's it, either fascinating or mind-numbing. Yeah. It was just nice to either watch way. other people like living their lives. And like, I don't know about you, like time's moving so slowly right now in some ways that it's like nice to watch a show where like things are progressing. <laughs> totally. It's just like really satisfying to like see something like, I'm going to move to South Africa. And then they like actually go to South Africa. You're like, wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, look, people are still getting on planes and starting new lives in places. Well, we are not those people. We are not. Uh, though you do keep like saying like, let's move here. Let's move there. Oh my gosh. I know. Brandon just keeps having fantasies. I know. I just want to move somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) What if we moved to the Berkshires? No, I don't want to move to the Berkshires. According to Dorinda, everyone there, you know, just kind of knows each other. Totally. That's like a nice little happy community. The Berkshires. I don't know. Uh, seems pretty white and privileged and very much so a little talk about xenophobic well yeah Ooh. it's also very drunk it's very at least drunk. on the latest episodes well of the, the real housewives, housewives of, new york. of new york are very drunk out right now yeah they're it, basically girls gone wild but they're totally all in their is. like 50s and 60s yeah and leah who's in her 30s yes and is the like the ray of light and the whole thing well she's like the voice of reason yeah you know she really is like the stand-in for the the viewer. But you know who else is a ray of light? Oh, yes. I know who you're going to say. Elise. Oh, we love Elise. This new, like, strong, silent, and slightly enigmatic non-housewife, but heavily featured friend of housewife. Yeah. She gives off such Libra vibes. She does give off such Libra vibes. I want to know. And... Mm-hmm. This past episode, when she like revealed her, so I guess she worked on Wall Street for a really long time. Oh yeah, Erica. And then she revealed that she has like an alter ego that comes out when she like gets drunk, and her name is Erica. And Erica is like really into girls. Did you ever have one of those phases where you were like, I have an alter ego who comes out when I'm wasted? Yeah, her name is Brandonna Summer. <laughs> <laughs> But she didn't always come out just when you were wasted. No, no, not at all. She liked to get wasted. Not always. Not always. She's pretty uh, sophisticated. She holds her. She holds her substance as well. Yeah, but did you? I do feel like I had a couple friends back in my like early twenties who were like, "Oh, he's coming out, or she's coming out." No, no, I I never really experienced that. No, oh, okay. Yeah, me either. I was just asking for a friend. <laughs> who was your alter ego? Tabitha. No, I'm just kidding. I who didn't was have your one. drunk alter ego? I didn't have one. I was just curious. Don't hide. It's okay. It's a safe No, I space. really didn't have one. I didn't, I was like not really, I didn't like start drinking till I was like maybe 19, like in any, in any sort of real way. And then, which I guess maybe is young to some. I don't know. I feel like that's not young. But, uh, but yeah, I didn't like, by then I was just kind of like, well, I'll drink when I drink and I'm just angel. Oh, I do think I had some friends though, now that I think about it, who would like refer to me as Angelito. Oh. Like, I think maybe I got a little devious. Oh, Angelito. 
<laughs> looks like an angel acts like a devil i do think i had like one little in san francisco's castro district in the late 90s if you ever ran across an angelito and you want your credit cards back <laughs> <laughs> they've since been cut up and maxed out is there any other is there any other reality we need to cover uh i mean there's always reality to cover but I would say probably lastly, like on the drag race, who, you know, we're down to the top three. If you're not watching RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, you should be watching RuPaul's Drag yeah. Race All-Stars. And if it's you're not watching Ru- Untucked, you're not getting the whole story. No, and you don't kidding. need it. <laughs> <laughs> I like Untucked. Brandon could care less. I really could care less. He's like, I don't want to know more about them. I just want to watch them like do their, their entertaining Well, because honestly, Untucked feels like I mean, I know the show is very produced, but Untucked feels like that same sort of like producer stirring the pot, just like getting drama. And I'm just like not that interested in manufactured drama. There's enough real drama in our everyday lives. Oh, but I, I feel the complete opposite about the last like three to four minutes of the show when it's just the queen like who's been eliminated cleaning up and like, yeah, having their most like vulnerable moments. I actually really enjoy that. I find it so maudlin. Well, I'm a Cancer Moon. All right, and I'm a Capricorn. I'm like, this is too... This is too sensitive for me. What are <laughs> you all... doing showing this? Take that vulnerability and get in that van and drive yeah, put off. Put some lipstick on that vulnerability and make it sparkle. <laughs> this is unacceptable. Yeah. Gross. Um, so who are you? Your team? I'm you Team Jujube. Ooh. I'm Team Jujube. Always have been. Always will be. Jujube forever and ever. Yeah, yeah. I understand. I honestly, I'm like torn because I love Juju and Shay both equally. Yeah. I mean, I really love Shay. Don't get me wrong. I've just, I've known Juju be longer. No, of course. And I mean, yeah, we love her forever and ever. She's always and forever will be an all-star. Shade. No, it's true. But I do think for me, if I'm gonna pick an all star, like a winner of all stars, I'm I'm Team Shay. Well, can I say that I think Shay should win, but, but I want, want Juju B to win. Yeah, yeah. Like my heart's for Juju B, but objectively, I'm like Shay's played a better game. Like she's a she is a more well rounded drag queen. Yeah, but Juju B has that like star. Factor that just like that thing that Zazazu, she's got it. Oh yeah, then how come you're not watching her TLC show, Dragnificent? Because I can't. <laughs> I just, I just can't. <laughs> Sparkle ain't shining that bright. Well, it's because there's some there's some other storm clouds that are, <laughs> that are dimming her sparkle. Right. If you have, don't even know what Dragnificent is, which most people don't, um, just. Google it and you'll see what we're talking about. It's basically like queer eye for the straight guy, but it's like for drag queens and for for women. Yeah, I will quickly say, lastly, though it's not a part of a dose of reality, is that I have gotten Brandon to start watching the show My So Called Life. But that feels like reality, <laughs> which really does feel like reality. I'm loving it. I know it's so good. Right? I am loving it. He had no idea. I knew nothing about it. So it's one season. If you've never seen it, um, I highly recommend it. It's a beautiful family drama. I'm learning a lot. Will you tell the gazers about the moment? The best thing, yeah, that's <laughs> happened while we we're watching it is there's a character named Jordan Catalano who is like iconic for like just high school crush boys. 
and <laughs> there's like a scene where he's like sitting in the car just like staring up and Brandon goes wow he looks like a young Jared Leto and I just went <laughs> and he went no really like don't you think it's like very like he looks so much like a young Jared Leto and I was like honey that is a young Jared Leto <laughs> I didn't know for like three episodes in <laughs> yeah i knew it was a young claire danes i did not know it was actually a young jared leto oh my god it was so funny so you know he's really not he's really not aged since then must be all those like vampire blood facials and whatever deal with the devil he's made okay all right moving on so <laughs> <laughs> all right we're gonna do a little deep dive today right yeah, as always, put on your spacesuit, your scuba suit, put on whatever you wear when you like to astral project. My naughty negligee. Take it all off, because uh, it's time for this episode's Deep Dive. So we wanted to do a deep dive into synchronicity. It was actually a suggestion from a gazer, um, and I thought it would be a really interesting conversation for Angel and I because we live so much of our lives kind of looking for synchronicity and following those breadcrumbs. Praying for it. Yeah, totally. Uh, And we thought we would just have like a more... um, complete discussion around what is synchronicity and how does it show up in your life and um, even just like going back into the early mid 1900s with Carl Jung who was the one that really coined the term and what his perspective of synchronicity is a quantum physics perspective of synchronicity and then just like you know your spiritual gaze woo woo uh, queer perspective of synchronicity (laughs) all right I love the topic. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Well, I think anyone who has ever just dipped their toe in the spiritual waters have had some like super cool, freaky coincidences that have happened. Oh, yeah. And I rely on those synchronicities to kind of reinforce that I'm on the right path. Um, For me, I mean, we wouldn't be sitting here together if it wasn't for synchronicity. How so? Well, the night that you and I really met... At a club called Rhonda. At a club called Rhonda here in LA. I had been at a dinner party and where I had like stood up and declared to everyone that I am done with dating. I don't want to date anymore. And I deleted all of my like accounts and did that whole thing. I was like, I'm done with it. Very Carrie Bradshaw of you. Totally. I smoked a cigarette. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but actually, I might have. No, I didn't. I was no, not you smoking, smoking at that time. And I um, then left that dinner party, and uh, a friend called and said, oh, you should come out to a club called Rhonda. I'm going dancing. And I was like, girl, I just came from a party. I'm done. I'm tired. And she was like, no, you should come. I think that guy Brandon's going to be there. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I... He looks like a young Jared Leto. Exactly. (laughs) That is a young Jared Leto. (laughs) Uh, And I said, well, I don't know. I'm so tired. All right, you should just come. So I told her, I said, look, I will drive to El Cid. If there is a parking spot right in front of El Cid, I will take it and I will come in. 
And she said, okay. About 10 minutes later, I pulled up to El Cid and a car's lights went on literally underneath the sign for El Cid right in front and a car pulled out and I pulled right in and I was like, all right, I guess I'm supposed to go to El Cid tonight. Would you say that that is synchronicity? I would say it is, especially knowing that that night we ended up like really kind of initiating what we are still living 10 years later. Yeah. So I think the difference between coincidence and synchronicity, if you think there is a difference between coincidence and synchronicity, because I think coincidence is just the pedestrian clothes that synchronicity wears. (laughs) I don't really believe in coincidence, honestly. Um, But coincidence is just something that happens simultaneously that like reinforces something that's been going on. Whereas synchronicity, I think, is tapping into a larger field. Yeah. And it's how spirit is communicating with you through these messages of being at the right time and in the right place and seeing repeated messages. Because I do believe that like spirit is always communicating with us. It's just that spirit uses language that isn't necessarily our regular spoken vernacular. And so as you start to pay attention to different symbols and feelings and sensations and just timing of things you start to understand like what the messages are yeah and i will say as i was pulling up there i did as i was like getting close i did like sort of speak out into the car like all right if i meant to go in here show me totally and then those lights went off yeah because i think there are moments where like you're like well is that just a coincidence like is it just a coincidence that like i was just thinking about my grandma and she called Or like, is it a synchronicity, you know? And I think it sometimes depends on like the content of the conversation. Right. You know, like if you're just thinking about your grandma and she calls and like, you know, you're just talking about the movies you've watched, like maybe. Mm -hmm. But if you're just thinking- Throwing shade at all the other people in your family. Okay. Enough about my conversations (laughs) with my grandma. (laughs) So if your grandma calls you and you've just been thinking about her and you're talking about something more profound or something that you've been like, you know, she reveals a dream that she had and it illuminates something that you've been struggling with. And that's a synchronicity. Mm -hmm. It's these like hidden clues um, that are guiding us forwards. So Carl Jung, who is kind of the one that like coined synchronicity and the synchronistic model, he believed in the collective unconscious, essentially. This idea that all of our lives, even though they seem individual, are plugged into a much greater web kind of like the matrix. And that essentially synchronicity is when you are becoming a lot more aware of what he called the unis mundus, the unified world. And so in the unified world, coincidence is just like that indication that like there's something else going on. There's something more going on. So if you really start to pay attention to it, like, and I notice this all the time when I'm giving readings, actually. Like when I say something really important, all of a sudden, like a bird squawks or like the chimes chime or like a plane goes overhead or whenever Angel and I like, you know, do some ceremonial or ritual work outside, it's like all of a sudden, like a wind shows up or, you know, you're tapping into the unified world. I had just had a reading uh, recently and I was talking to this woman and a uh big butterfly flew by the window and I was like, Oh wow, a big butterfly. And she went, Oh, is it yellow? And I was like, no, it's not yellow. And she was like, Oh, okay. Cause I have a thing with yellow butterflies. 
And like literally like three minutes after that, I was talking about something. She went, wow, that's really fascinating. And sure enough, this massive yellow butterfly came and started circling those windows. And I was like, the yellow butterfly is now here. (laughs) Oh my gosh. See, so there you go. And, you know, just to like get Aquarius intellectual about it. Here he goes. Okay, everyone. So the synchronistic model, which Carl Jung kind of termed, um, had three characteristics of spiritual potential. So the first was meaningful coincidence, right? So random Mm. events happen sometimes with very specific personal meaning. Mm -hmm. So here's a great example, actually, from my life. This past Father's Day, I stumbled upon an old photo of my grandfather where he kind of looks like me and is also like, like, I don't feel like I look like anyone in my family, but this one photo of my father's father. Oh my God, so much like you. I'm kind of like, oh, I actually do belong to this family. Mm-hmm. And so I found this photo and I posted it on Father's Day. And then uh, I found out that it was actually his birthday. But it wasn't even, then. so that might be a coincidence. Like, okay, well, like it was, you know, he, he was born in June. So it's, you know, not that unusual that his birthday at a certain point would fall on Father's Day. But it turns out that it was his 100th birthday. So the fact that I had posted a photo of my grandfather on social media on Father's Day, unknowing that it was his birthday and his 100th birthday, to me felt like a synchronicity. To me felt like tapping into that unifying field where the spirit of my grandfather, the spirit of my ancestors were trying to make their presence known to help me move forwards. Mm-hmm. Um so that's, you know, one way you can look at the difference between coincidence and synchronicity is that like, yeah, you can chalk it up to coincidence, but if there's a deep personal meaning, that's a synchronicity. Yeah. Um, the second characteristic of a synchronistic model is causal connection. Uh, Who's which, that? Who's she? Uh, so it's basically, despite there being no apparent material cause and effect, there is undeniably profound personal significance. And so an apparently intentional connection at play. Uh, and honestly, power animals are like a really good example of it because it's it's a very clear symbol um, that kind of helps synchronicities along. But I remember when I went to Taos, New Mexico on a solo trip after like a, a intensive training that I did. And I didn't know why. I was just like, I'm going to need a couple days after this training to kind of integrate. And I'm just going to go to Taos because it was, you know, two or three hours outside of where I was studying. And I got there the first day and I was like, what am I doing in Taos? Like, why am I here? Like, I missed you. I missed Noche. I was like, like, what am I doing here? And then there was like the big restaurant in the middle of town was named after like one of my main power animals. And immediately I kind of saw that and was like, okay, no, like there's a reason for me to be here. And it was actually, it turned out really important for me to be there. Um, for, How was you know, the food? It was delicious uh, for, you know, other spiritual reasons. But like that sort of causal connection, you know, like they didn't name that restaurant thinking like five years from now, some like California kid named Brandon's <laughs> going to show up and he's going to need to be reinforced. Right. But that's how it goes. And then the third characteristic of synchronicity is luminosity. Oh, I love her. Yeah, she's she's all star six. Totally. Which is the indication that all of this happens within a kind of shared field of divinity in communion with a greater whole. And so there's this random event that has no apparent material cause and it connects you to the shared field of divinity. And Mm -hmm. that's a synchronicity. Mm -hmm. And they happen all the time when you're opening yourself up to it, when you're paying attention in a way. Yeah. Because I do believe that life is always communicating with us, but we 
you know, like in the same way that my meditation this morning showed me how unopen I was, you know, like it took me minutes of thinking to even realize like, oh, you're thinking. It's a, it's learning how to open yourself up to that. Yeah, when paying attention. I mean, my favorite book is Paolo Coelho's The Alchemist. And in that book, you know, they it speaks a lot of omens, right? And needing to like pay attention to the omens in your path. And I do believe that synchronicities act as omens. Absolutely. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I guess I've always found for myself, too, that synchronicities, really the act of keeping an eye out for them, but obviously when they occur, it it does make me feel much more dialed into like my path and to spirit. It's like such a good like direct line to it. Like, oh, yes, right. I'm engaged with the divine or with something divine. Yeah, it makes me think immediately of... Uh, when I was living in New York and I decided to move back to Los Angeles and having just had a really beautiful like two week, I'd been living in New York for two years, had a beautiful like two weeks in LA and it was the first time that I had been in LA, even growing up here where I was like, you know what? I like it here. Like I could live here. I hated it growing up here um, and would go back and visit, never really connected to the city. So it was the first time I did. And so in flying back home, to New York, I was in this big conversation with myself of like, should I move back to LA? Like, is it time to go back home? Like there were other things that were sort of compelling me to do so. And I remember I took a red eye and I landed in New York and I was like coming over the bridge from JFK into Manhattan. And it was like six in the morning or something. And like the sun was like still kind of like in its early stages and everything just looked so beautiful and it felt so divine. And I remember just like looking out at the river and I was like, all right, God, like if I'm meant to move back to LA, just give me that sign and I will go. And about 30 minutes later, I was back in my apartment and my roommate was getting up and she came into my room and it's like, oh my God, it's so good to see you. Blah, blah, blah. And she was like, um, so I have to tell you something. I was like, what? And she's like, well, in the two weeks you were gone, I signed some paperwork to agree for us to vacate this apartment in a month because they want to like turn this place into condos. So I'm really sorry, but we have to be out of here in a month. And I just felt this rush of like energy through my body. And I literally jumped up onto my bed and I started hopping around and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm moving to LA. Like this was my sign. I'm supposed to go to LA. And she was like, okay, girl. And like, so I then like, yeah, began my journey to come back home. So that felt like a synchronicity. Totally. You know? Yeah. Well, and to me, what you were saying earlier about how like every morning you wake up and you try to like step into the flow and then every night around 7 p.m. you like wash up on shore <laughs> and you set up camp. Yeah. I think synchronicity is one way that like we can attune to whether or not we're in flow. Mm -hmm. It's one way to kind of check in, you know, like not that like synchronicities have to be happening every day all the time. It's not like you're Snow White living in a magical like fairyland where like butterflies are always landing on you. Right. 
But I think if you, you know, ask for signs and you ask for confirmation, you get it. And to pay attention to these sorts of like invisible communications really kind of continue to open you up to whatever's happening that we can't see, but that we can feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Carl Jung, going back to that crazy old witch doctor, <laughs> which is also what he called himself by the by the end of his career, actually. Um, he said, me, I'm just a crazy old witch doctor. He said that continuous creation is to be thought of not only as a series of successive acts of creation, but also as the eternal presence of the one creative act. And this actually coincides with a Kabbalistic belief, which is that creation is always happening. Like creation didn't happen a long time ago and we're the result of it, but that like we're always creating ourselves. All of time is happening at once, which is also quantum physics, right? This idea that like we experience time linearly, but there's multiple dimensions. There's multiple possibilities. It's all happening now, now, now. And so synchronicity is in some ways you're tapping into that unified field of consciousness, tapping into that creative force, that creative impulse that always is, which we could call God or the goddess or universe, but it's it's your remembering in a like deep, almost cellular way that you carry the potential of that creative force in yourself. Mm. And if you could just surrender to your deepest being, you would be shown how it wants to be expressed in your life, as opposed to feeling like you have to do it all by yourself all the time. Synchronicities are ability to partner with that creative force and to listen in to, in some ways, how our life wants to be lived through us. I love that. It's like an invitation to feel less alone. Or it's just your future self leaving you little clues to be like, girl, you're, you're, you're on the scent, honey. Keep coming. Mm. So just to close this little deep dive into synchronicity, I'd love to quote Robert Kopecki from an article he wrote for Gaia called Synchronicity is Not Just a Coincidence. And he says, Materialism considers all such verifiable testimony as anecdotal, basically meaning like every story Angel and I just told would just be considered anecdotal evidence, which is not, you know, held that highly from a scientific mindset. Right. (laughs) But Robert going on says, as is all of personal spiritual experience when you think about it, but spiritual experiences are realized through one's heart, not through one's intellect which is a mechanism that's been proven unreliable after centuries of scientific reassessments and a dangerous kind of adjustable dogma. The miraculous has always ironically been rejected by learned men who have yet to provide an explanation for their existence on a planet in outer space other than that it is likely the product of coincidence. The acceptance of synchronicity as an unpredictable, yet wondrously reliable mechanism in our observer-based life leads to a very practical realization that you could relate to any natural force, like electricity or gravity. It works much better for you when you believe it's there and learn how to work with it. So I just love the idea that like looking at synchronicity is like a force, right? It's like gravity. It's like electricity. And it is something you can believe in and partner with and it will help you yeah it has a spirit the spirit of synchronicity may she be abundant in all of our lives 
Yeah, and help guide you to your truth. So if you have any of your own really amazing, wondrous stories of synchronicity, we'd love to hear them. Yeah, Maybe we could even have a little segment uh, on our next episode and share some of these stories. So feel free to email us or slide into our DMs. Um, we are going to take a one-month sabbatical from the podcast. We're off. So we haven't done that in the two plus years that we've been doing this, but we are preparing for our astrology course, which launches August 5th, and Tarot and Cosmos, which is going to be happening on September 28th. And so there's a lot on our plates that we really want to be able to sink our teeth into and to prepare. So we appreciate your understanding that we are taking a month off from the podcast, sweet, sweet babies. Yeah, but you'll still see us around. Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of ways to engage with us. Our yeah. newsletters go out every other week. There's a weekly Cosmic Tarot forecast you can find on our IGTV. Mm-hmm. We've Amongst got all of our other social media offerings. Yes, including, you know, every other Saturday we do breath work. There are webinars for each astrological season. There's a lot of ways to connect with us, babes. So we hope yeah. that we will continue to see you. And we'll be back in late August with another episode checking back in with y'all. So we hope you have a gorgeous start to your Leo season. And we'll be back to wrap it up for you and head into Virgo season. But before we disappear, let's go ahead and tune in for our tarot card of the episode. So go ahead and just tune in here. Asking for whatever guidance you need at this time. And you'll connect to the cards by hearing the sound of them being shuffled. So we're just asking for one card, one strong, clear card to help us on this next month until we are together again. And I'm actually feeling like Angel should pull it. So I'm going to go spread them out for him. Fun. So there's actually a lot of synchronicity at play with the card you just pulled because Angel pulled the strength card. Strength is connected to Leo. Mm-hmm. And Leo season is what we're getting ready to roll into. Here we go. And what's interesting is, you know, strength and Leo are really connected to the heart. And the heart is where we go for strength. Strength is really good medicine for us right now because strength says you got to reach inwards for the things that you need. And it's interesting even just to reflect back on like, what am I really doing when I'm sucked into social media? It's like I'm reaching outwards for something. It's like I'm going to find something that's going to help me. I keep reaching out. I keep, you know, trying to get something with my attention and my striving and my grabbing as opposed to just sitting still and, and turning inwards. And strength is that first step on the journey of ego death, on the journey of transformation. In a lot of ways, the message strength has is is the call of the heart saying there has to be more to life than this. And in a lot of ways, I think what this time in all of our lives is showing us is that the things that we thought our lives were built around were actually illusions, and they didn't provide that nourishment that we actually craved. And so strength is our ability to, to really give ourselves that which we are seeking right now. And Leo, as an expression of the heart, is about that creative urge. 
about giving yourself permission to play in the heart and to express and to dive in. And that the journeys you're wanting to take externally are actually calls from the heart to walk that inner road, to take a journey inside yourself. And that the adventure in a lot of ways is just beginning. And that you all, every single one of you, as long as you have a human heart, you have access to this strength. And all it requires is your willingness and your courage to attend to it, to let it sing, to let it dance, to let it paint, to let it live through you, and you will feel the strength of your heart. And yeah, maybe our hearts are broken right now. Maybe our hearts are bruised, bleeding, and yet the heart persists, heals almost miraculously, gets stronger. So strength isn't something you earn. It's something you already have. And maybe we just haven't been looking in the right place for it. Amen. Here, here. We'd like to take a moment, speaking of the power of the heart, and just dedicate this episode to two people whose love um, exists in all of space and time, Laura and Cade, who recently celebrated their wedding. Um, and we also mourn the loss of Cade on this physical plane. But as Laura said, they will be receiving the cosmic downloads before all of us now. And so we just want to honor and acknowledge these gazers and their love and this part of their journey. We are with you in spirit and our hearts say hello to your hearts. Yes. Thank you for being such lessons of strength for us. We are grateful for all of you gazers for being present with us and Honestly, for just being out here doing the work to better yourselves, to better your lives, and to better the lives of those you share space with. Because we are out here for each other. Yeah, we're all here on this unus mundus. <laughs> so what you do affects me and what I do affects you. And Exactly. What Noche does affects every other tree and dog and <laughs> bird. We're all here together. So thank you for, you know, cleaning up your side of the street. Yeah. And if you're so compelled to leave us a review, to rate us, it's been a hot minute since anybody tooted our horn. Yeah, we'll take that. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take that horn too. You know, it really helps the podcast to grow. It's not really so much for our ego as it is our desire just to grow this platform and this podcast and this community. So if yeah. you do like the podcast, if you do listen to it, we would appreciate, you know, just a sentence or two just the five stars, it all helps in a great way. And you can always find us over on Instagram at The Spiritual Gaze. It's definitely a good hub for us. We offer a lot of information on everything there. We check those DMs pretty regularly, but not yes. between 8 p.m. and 8 a.m. Yes. So <laughs> don't even try it or just you'll be waiting till the next day. Uh, 
But uh, we also are over at Facebook, if that's your jam, at The Spiritual Gaze, Twitter, at Spiritual Gaze, or you can always find us at our website, thespiritualgaze.com. You can send us messages there, learn all about our webinars, our class, Chart and Soul, the magic of astrology. We are so excited. There's like only two weeks left to sign up. We've got such a great group assembling. It's going to be so much fun. It is going to be fun. It's going to be super fun. So if you want to learn about astrology, read your chart, read other people's charts. Get in on it. Yeah. Learn about yourself. How to read yourself for filth. Get up in there. Best kind. Uh, And uh, yeah, as well as just everything else, how to do healings or readings with us. Uh, You can find all that information at thespiritualgaze.com. We love you. If nobody's told you this recently, you're doing great. You are doing so well. You really are. And you look great. Even Even though it's not about that. But you look great. But you are really looking great. You feel great. That's more important. Thanks for being here, babes. Until next time, this has been your transit through the spiritual game.